0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. The Lord uh, showed me yesterday, I I love when the Lord does this, when He gives you visions so specific, so profound you could put yourself in the exact spot where you were when you received it. And I'm telling you right now, I could take you to that courtyard out there or that side yard. I could get Danny's lawnmower that I was using yesterday. I could sit it up just right and I could plant my butt right there in that seat and tell you where, the, where I was when the Lord showed me what He's going to do today. And I'm really excited about it and I may just, not, I may just skip all this other stuff and we may just go to that. I'm really excited. The Lord is removing everything, everything that we have held to that isn't Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm I'm expecting a lot of (laughs) audio-visual feedback. I need hands and I need mouths moving, okay? Because this is a lot of, uh, we're going to have a conversation today. The Lord is changing things that are not of Him, but that people have been giving Him credit for. Like this time right here. Or Wednesday night services. We, a we go to church on Wednesdays because God anointed Wednesday. No, we just go to church on Wednesday because what we do is a culture. The Lord is changing things. That doesn't mean we're not going to go to church on Wednesday. That doesn't mean we're going to start having Sunday church on a Friday or anything like that. I'm just telling you, the Lord is changing things that we have held on to in every aspect of it. And that includes this time. That includes this time. We've had this conversation as a staff. There may be days where that man never leaves that seat. And I talk to you for maybe two seconds or maybe I don't talk to you at all. We just sing. We bless the Lord with our worship and our adoration. Then we go home. Because that's what He has for us that day. There may be Sundays where we don't meet at all because we're too busy out there inserting kindness into situations that desperately need it. Right? So... The Lord is changing everything. He's changing everything that we've held on to, even things that are not of him, but we've given him credit for. And he's, he did that because he took those things away and now he's given us this opportunity. He has rewired so many things by taking these times away, taking the ability to even have a regular routine. Right? He took that away for several weeks, for a long time. Every day was just kind of like, oh, I don't know. I'm gonna to have to be at home with my family all day again. <laughs> I love them, but I'm not used to this. It was—I I know Sarah was tired. She's like, I got three boys now that I'm taking care of all the time. I need him to go make up a project somewhere else and take all the boys. She needed that time, but anyway. So he was—he was reworking. He allowed us this opportunity for us to. Get the structure and the routine removed so that he could begin to reestablish himself in our daily lives, right? We've talked about that in that time when we were apart. That was one of the words that he brought. He was working on the individual that the individual would encounter him each and every day of his life. Not just on this appointed time that culture has said is appropriate to encounter God. Every single day. And that we, when we come together, it would be this coming together, this intersection, this merging. Because we've all been walking with the Lord, united in spirit, united with Him throughout the week. And then when we come together, what does He release when we're all in this united place? We've, we've talked about that. That's what He's been doing. Amen? Amen. Yeah. You, you know that means let it be, right? So when you say that, we're establishing it. It is now. That is what this time together will be, this time where we come together united in spirit, having been united in the spirit individually throughout the week, now we're coming together, and the Lord is uniting us together and releasing things together. But now that we are together, has anything really we kind of I had it, at least in my head, that when we got back together, things would just start going back to normal. That didn't happen. Has it happened? It hadn't happened. Turn on on the TV. Nothing's going back to normal. We have have places now that have declared themselves not a part of the United States anymore because they're just mad. People are shaking. People are desperately... Things aren't going back to normal. And things even in Lubbock aren't going back to normal. We thought when we got our routine back that everything that was bad that was going on was just going to go, go away. That hadn't happened. It's still here. Still present. We're still dealing with this illness. We're still dealing with uh, these issues. We're still dealing with unemployment. Nothing has just gone back to normal. Everything's still kind of a mess. And I have this question Are you tired? Are any of you guys tired? Are any of you guys tired of trying to figure out what is accurate, what is true, what is actually happening? What is the correct report that I need to listen to? Are any of you tired? I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I can't, I can't. Listen to anything of any kind of information that's supposed to be helping and informing me, because it will be immediately contradicted by something else, and it's exhausting. But with everything going on, and you know, I'm I'm trying to lead well as a pastor. I'm trying to steward well this this body of people, this house that he's given. And I'm looking at everything, and it's just like, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to learn anything. I'm not gonna be able to lead well, looking to the news, look into what medical reports are saying. I'm not going to be able to lead well looking at that stuff because it's all over the place. And I mean, that should seem very obvious that the Lord just says, look to me, let me be your only source. It's not obvious until you find yourself in that place where he can literally only be your only source of information. He has to be, because if I'm tuning into everything else, I'm going to look like this all over the place because everything else out there is all over the place because it's shaking He's the only thing that's not shaking. And then he began to show me that this is the start of this vision yesterday. He began to show me what it would look like for an unswayed people to exist in our world today. If people lived their every life totally unswayed by everything that was going on. Someone could deliver you the most horrific news and you're just unswayed. Because you're founded, you're rooted in the heart of God. And he's the only thing that has any, has your ear at all. He has your ear and that's it. We see that with Jesus. We see that in in John 4 verse 1. You go ahead and turn there. We'll be in John 4 all day today. Not literally all day today, but most of the day. I may release you around like 6. That's why we're not having an evening church. We're just going to roll through into it. Just kidding. I promise you I'm going to figure out this evening church. I keep saying we're going to have it and then I keep canceling it. I'm figuring out this, pro- this uh, pastor thing. And uh, I need to look ahead a little bit better. I forgot it was Father's Day till yesterday. <laughs> so I'm working on it. I'm getting better, but I'm working on it. Anyways, Jesus dealt with the same thing. Jesus dealt with this noise always coming at him. Not accurate noise, but noise, unaccurate noise, always coming at him, about him. From, from the moment he was baptized, And he went into the wilderness. He was immediately tempted and tested with this inaccurate noise about him. People say, you're the prince of devils. Immediately. Immediately, he's he's finding himself with that. And look at John 4, verse 1. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left today and departed again for Galilee. So, and that doesn't really have a lot to do besides this one point with this morning, but Jesus isn't even the one baptizing and making disciples. Other people are doing it. But the Pharisees are going around, Jesus is doing this more than John. More than John the Baptist. Can you believe that? Let's get rid of him. It's already starting right there. Inaccurate noise. And the dude's just like, whatever, I'm I'm going. And we know where he's going. If you know this passage, you know where he's going. One of the greatest displays that we have of Jesus inserting the kindness of God into a story. There are two instances with Jesus that are just profound to me. And they both have to do with these encounters that he has with women. That are just profound. One's the woman that's brought to him, caught in adultery. And the other one is this one, this woman at the well. Where he just speaks truth and he speaks life. And he's also prophesying. He's talking about everything that we'll read this morning has everything to do with right now. The day and time that we find ourselves in. But I need you to start by hearing that Jesus was unaffected by the noise. We have to be a people moving forward that are unaffected by the noise. We have to be. That world out there needs a people that are unwavering, unshaken. You know, I love this image of a lighthouse. I love it. And when you think about what a lighthouse really does, a lighthouse is great for when the seas are calm and it still points you to the shore. But at the end of the day, a lighthouse was designed and is so sought after and so loved and adored because when the seas and the wind and the waves are insane and chaotic and it seems that all hope is lost, that it would still be shining it would still point to, it would still highlight a firm foundation, a place of refuge and a place of hope for people to fixate, fix their eyes on, just as Jesus was for Peter standing on the water. I love that story because when he was fixated on Jesus, it didn't say that he got out of the boat and then the winds and the waves started. They were already caught in the midst of the storm. He saw Jesus and he went to him. He was walking on the water in spite of the wind and the waves. Only when he began to focus on the circumstance did he begin to sink. Only when he focused on the shaking world around him did the shaking world actually take hold of him. But when he fixated on what is firm and what is unwavering, which is Jesus, when he was looking to him, it did not matter what was going on around him. He walked on water in spite of the wind and the waves. We have to be unshaken, unshakable, unaffected by the noise. And just as Jesus was here as they're speaking to him, speaking about him, he's unaffected. He is still only about his father's business, only about his father's business to the point of the cross when they're calling him all these things and they're beating him. He is still unaffected, only about his father's business. Now, imagine all of you, all of us. Walking in that, unwavering just as Jesus was, and then existing in the world out there. That was one man that we're talking about right here. And he's perfect theology. He lived the life that we are capable of living. Because we get the Spirit of God. We get to stand firm. We get to be rooted just as he was, unwavering, unaffected by the noise. Walking in truth. And drastically changing and impacting the world around us. He was about his father's business. Church, can that be us? Can that be us? Can we only be about our father's business unaffected by anything else? Anything else? you got to think the church started in the midst of all this chaos where they literally just killed their Savior, their Messiah. Just killed him. And now these numbers are starting to explode with people that are following after him. They didn't like that. That was kind of the opposite of what they wanted to happen. So they just, well, let's just keep killing them. These people were unaffected, walking in truth, in perfect obedience as the Lord would highlight and show them. They were living by the Spirit and in step with the Spirit, despite the noise around them. And the Lord can't build what He needs to build without that being true. The Lord cannot do what He needs to do without that being true. The Lord cannot do this morning what He wants to do this morning without that being true. It has to be true. It has to be true. Begin to receive that now that He would make that true. He would establish you in that now. And from this moment on, you've received it. You've said yes to it. He's established you in it. And from this moment on, you would be that lighthouse. It's that simple. Receive it. Believe it. Yes and amen. And go forth in it. Amen? Amen. All right. So look at verse 9. We know what this story displays, but we're going to read a little bit because the Lord just says some profound things that He highlighted to me yesterday about the the time we find ourselves in. Verse 9, The Samaritan woman said to Him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from Me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. We see kindness inserted into this situation and then we see truth begin to flow out of Jesus. But what is crucial is that we see truth also being received because kindness first existed. And church... You have been called. I need you to hear that. You have been called. You have been set apart. Will you drink from this living water? That the truth of this passage right here would be true in you. That you would drink from this living water and that it would well up and overflow out of you. Will you? Will you answer the call? Yeah, you better say yes. or I'll keep you here. I'll lock the doors. I won't let you leave. I'm telling you, there is such urgency the Lord has for us to receive what He has this morning. Because I'm believing the second we leave, there are big things waiting for you. Big things waiting for you. I'm not talking about in a couple days, it's going to build up, and the Lord's going to ease you into it. He's going to teach you how to ride the bike, then take the training wheels off. Nope, He's got the bike. There's no training wheels. There's a motor. He's strapped it up. You're going. As soon as you leave, receive it now. Answer the call. Drink from the living water that will well up out of you and overflow from you. Verse 19. The woman said to him, Sir, I I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me. The hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship What you do not know, we worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such a people to worship Him. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Will we be that people that He is searching for? He has, I'm telling you, He has anointed you to be that people. He has already spoken that you are that people. Amen. You are that people. It's your choice to be a part of it or not, to receive that truth or not. You are, that's already true about you. He has sought out in the midst of the wilderness, which is literally where we find ourselves today. Sundown, Texas. It don't get much more wilderness than Sundown, Texas. <laughs> All right? I know that. Praise God for it. Because He's been searching And He found you. said, these are the true worshipers. These are the few that will worship me in spirit and truth. He has said that about you. Will you receive it? Will you receive it? Will you walk in it? You are those people. He's anointed you. He has spoken over you. Say amen again. Let it be that you would be those people now from here forth forevermore that he would look upon this city and said, those are my true worshipers. That each and every day, every moment that there is breath in their lungs, they are worshiping me in spirit and truth. They're living in the spirit and in step with the spirit. Verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Does his purpose and does his plan drive us to that extent? That is literally the only sustenance of life I need. You've been anointed, you've been appointed, you've been created for such a time as this To do His work. To be His hands and feet. And to do it in such a way that you would deny yourself food if it meant continuing to establish His kingdom in that moment. Amen. Let that be true. Verse 35. Do you not say, there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you. He's telling you this right now. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white. For harvest. I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white with harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So do the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. The Lord has been establishing this move of God, this fourth pillar in this place for generations. And we just are blessed enough. We get the honor of finding ourselves in the time where we get to reap the harvest. You realize that? This is so profound to me. I don't. Maybe it's not profound to you, but it should be. Okay? You could have existed anywhere. And you exist right here. If you believe all this stuff that we're talking about God, if I could sit down and have a conversation about what you believe in God, and you're going to say yes to everything that this Bible says about God, you're going to believe it. Then you've got to believe this. You have been set apart. You have been established in this time, in this place. For a great work of God. You've got to realize that. Receive that. There is honor in that. There is honor in that. You may not know very much about God. But if you'll receive that. And you'll believe that. You'll be okay. Because you will always find yourself. Right where he needs you to be. If you will believe that you have been set apart. And you have been established for such a time as this. It's time to harvest church. young and old are returning to Jesus. A time of jubilee, it's not coming, it's here. Right now. It's now. I've never seen the world shaking out there like it is. Man, thank God. Because it's prepped for something that is firm and unmovable. Prepped, ready, desperately searching for something that is unmovable. We, We know what that is. You know, the Lord has had He's had two words on my mind all week. He said that it's, he's bringing change. And you know, that may seem odd. I talked about this on Wednesday, but there's, in, in any kind of position change, there seems to be change that comes with that. Someone else is established in a position. they just Most of the time, they just start changing stuff because they want to change stuff. They want to establish themselves. I don't want to do that. Randy's taller than I am, so I'm not trying to pick a fight, okay? But what, in the uniqueness of this, because Randy's still here. And the uniqueness of this transition is that he's, the things that he's changing are not new, are, are not things changing just for the sake of changing, he's just building. If you continue to add on to a building, if you continue to add on to a structure, it starts to look different. If we live in step with the Spirit, He's not taking us in a circle. If we're in step with the Spirit, then we're always entering into something new. And so He's bringing us into new things. And that'll change. Things will change. Things will look different. Because He's bringing us into new things. That's what He told me one thing. I don't know what those things are. I just, there you go. You have it now. I told you. I did my part. But the next word was action. Action action, action, action. And I was talking with Jay and this was just a random conversation but I love having conversations with Jay because it always confirms a lot of things that the Lord is speaking to me and I just want you to hear this real quick that what we've been pursuing as a staff to be united in spirit, the Lord is doing. I love that. That we are, we are receiving the same word from the Lord although nowhere near one another. Not having conversations but the Lord is speaking to us the same thing that He wants to do. We've had confirmation after confirmation of this. But in speaking with Jay, not having told him about this word action that's been in my head all week, and it's been this word action in relation to, you have been, I have delivered the word to you. I've delivered what the season is that you would operate in fullness of kindness, that my kindness would exist in any situation that you see that it is needed. And you you would, without hesitation, go into those places that the kindness of God would be inserted into those places. And then in those places, now they can receive the truth of God. They can receive the miraculous nature of God because kindness first existed. We've received that. And the Lord was telling me all week, now it's time for action. It's time for that to not just be a word that you heard one Sunday morning, but a a way you live your life. And I don't know what, Jay was actually driving around at 1.45 a.m. on the loop. Baby Baby wouldn't go back to sleep. Jay lives an interesting life with these <laughs> kids. But these girls always keep him on his toes. When the Holy Spirit said the mandate is the release. A.K.A. Okay, hey, you don't have to wait for anything anymore. He's given us the mandate for this time. That the kindness of God would be made known. You don't have to wait for anything else. You just go. Go. You do that. We're on the offensive, church. We're not waiting for something to happen and then going. We're just going. If there's a place where kindness is needed, is there, if there is a place where the kindness of God is needed, if there is an opportunity for you to be the father running out to the son seeking to return home, you are to do it. Because the mandate is the release. You are, you, are, you are unleashed into the world. In fullness and power and authority, the Lord has released you. It said, just get it. Go. With power and authority. And so, yeah, amen. Amen. You are absolutely released, church. We're not waiting for anything else. We're not waiting for the next word to come on Wednesday or Sunday. You're not waiting for it. The time is now. And the Spirit is saying, you better keep up or you're going to get run over cuz we're going and I'm telling you right now if we do not go if we are moving slow we will get run over and we will be those people that are left out of this move of God I'm telling you that keeps me up at night that there would be people amongst us that would miss miss this that they would be those that are burned up in the fire cuz we res- we refuse to move When the Spirit said move. Kept picking up the chains. Trying to put them back on our our hands. No more. You are released. You are unleashed. Go in fullness. Establish the kindness of God. And watch His miraculous nature take root and consume. Watch the kingdom of heaven totally consume a city. Totally consume your neighborhoods. That the just miraculous nature of God would just exist in these places unexplainably. 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 That's a word. I don't. You guys know what I'm saying. We're going on. But that you could drive into sundown, Texas. You could have had cancer when you were coming in. You don't have it when you enter. You are unleashed to establish the fullness of the kingdom of heaven in this place. You are unleashed. So now the, that's the vegetables. This is the meat and potatoes right here. The Lord yesterday, as I was mowing, I was thinking about this. The Lord spoke very clearly. It is time for the men of God to be made known. It is time for the men of God to walk in the fullness of power and authority as sons of God. It is time for the world to know who the men of God are. It's time. And so with that, this is what we're going to do. This is what the Lord showed in this service, how he wants to administer this. All men are going to stand up. Go ahead and do that. If you're male, you're on two feet right now. Now the women, this was the powerful bit. It's all powerful, but this was profound. Women, you are going to find these men near you. You are going to surround them. You're going to lay hands over them. The Lord has commissioned you. He has anointed you to be the vessels that deliver this truth and this authority to these men. He has, he has anointed you to be the ones that as you lay hands on them, this work of God would be deposited in them. And then they would go out and actually live as sons of God. And that they would be made known to all of the world that the men of God are here because of your laying on of hands. And you're sending them out. The women are to be the senders this morning. And we've got this, this song that we're going to play. But the Lord just very clearly said, this is what I want you to speak over them. So women, go ahead and start surrounding these men. I'll give you a second to get there. Don't be shy. This is a powerful moment because women, just as we've talked about you being unleashed. You get to do the, unleash, the unleashing today. You get to lay on these hands. You get to speak powerfully over these men and anoint these men to lead in power and authority in this season that the men of God would be made known to all of the world from this point on. And so I'm going to speak this over you and then we're going to sing it a little bit. But women, just begin to pray over these men. Begin to prophesy over these men as the Lord shows you. But I'm going to, I'm going to speak this. Men, receive this. Because from here on out, you have no excuse. You are the sons of God. You operate in nothing but that. You have the full authority of heaven. And it is desperately calling for you to walk in it. The Lord bless you and keep you. That His face would shine upon you and be gracious to you. That the Lord would turn His face toward you and that He would give you peace. Amen. That word amen means let it be. I'm going to say that a couple times. Amen. Let it be. That the Lord again would bless you. That He would keep you. That He would make His face shine upon you. That He would be gracious to you that He would turn His face towards you and as He does it in this moment, you would receive peace. And as we receive, men, as we agree, we say amen. Say amen, men. Amen. Say it. May His favor be upon you. Amen. And a thousand generations. May His favor be upon your family. May His favor be upon your children and their children and their children. May His presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you that you would know without a shadow of a doubt every moment of every day that He is with you. He is with you. You would feel Him. You would would sense it. You would know it. You could hold it in your hands His presence with you. That in the morning, in the evening, in your comings and goings, in your weeping and rejoicing, you would know that He is for you, men of God. He is for you, sons of God. And He has anointed you, sons of God, to lead out the move of God. As the sons would lead their father's armies, the king's armies, as their son, this king's sons would lead. These armies into charge and into victory. So are you, these sons, to lead this army into charge and into victory. Again, i say, amen. Let it be. Let the men of this house reflect this truth in Jesus' name. Let the men of this house walk in the fullness of the sons of God. Let the men of this house walk And be established as they exist in the kingdom of heaven. That as they exist in your heart, Father. We, the men of God, the sons of God, the mighty men of God. We would exist from this point on as we exist in your heart. No more. We will not be shaken. Recognize that man, everything he's talked about today... He's talked about that it would be established and received by you. That you would be unshakable. That you would be the lighthouse. And everything that He's spoken over this house, over this community, that it would reign true in you. That when people find themselves in horrible situations, they're the, the person that comes to their mind for hope and for help would be you. That when things begin to shake, even more so than they are right now, people would see you, this unmovable giant, this unmovable, unwavering structure. You, the mighty men of God, the sons of God, the sons to the King of heaven. And right now in this moment, receive what the daughters of heaven, what the daughters of God are speaking over you receive it in fullness and recognize daughters everything that's being said over these men it's now yours to keep them accountable to because you've been witness to it you've seen it you've stood with them in receiving it and now they will exist in it and you will not allow them to exist in anything else because you were there when the Lord spoke and established them in this role you witnessed it in Jesus name Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.